You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati marhaban bikum fi al-hawar al-siniy al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Welcome to another edition of China Africa Talk. I'm Bridget Mutambira coming to you from the Chinese capital in Beijing. And today our discussion revolves around trade and services between China and Africa in line with the China International Fair for Trade and Services, CIFTS, which runs from August 31st to the 5th of September in Beijing. Our guests, who are Mr. Nkwetato Kamonkia, Chairperson of the Africa Chamber of Commerce, and Mr. John Reumbiza, a China-based Tanzanian entrepreneur and chief representative of the Tanzania Chamber of Commerce, Industry and Agriculture in China, discuss the future goals of Africa and China in trade and services, China's role in the service trade industry in Africa, and also what Africa is doing to encourage service trade relationships with China. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. I'll start with Mr. John Rumbiza. John, you are an entrepreneur from Tanzania. You first came to China in 1987, and Tanzania is showcasing at this year's CIFTS. So far, how do you assess China's role in service trade with Africa? Thank you very much, Bridget. Yes, Tanzania is showcasing at the CFTIS. And when we look at China's role in service trade with Africa, the number of things we are focusing on. One, China is the African continent's largest trading partner and source of foreign direct investment. Right. This investment has helped spur infrastructure development and economic growth. And through the significant investments in Africa, China boosted African oil and mining sectors. And the Chinese companies are also diversifying their business pursuits in Africa in infrastructure, manufacturing, telecommunications, mm-hmm. and agricultural sectors. China has been on the front line with different kinds of services offered and available to African countries such as the, the Rod and Belt Initiative, right. the e-commerce platforms with seamless pay, online payment options, the latest technologies of trade in services available in China, and provision of good facilities for holding trade in service affairs. These efforts have fostered service delivery and infusion of state-of-art technology and innovation in different areas that are pertinent Africa. China's involvement in telecommunication did rescue the continent from Syria's digital divide that was threatening it. Now the continent enjoys global communication with ease, Mm -hmm. thanks to affordable 4G networks from China Mm. and mobile devices. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And Mr. Tamonkia, this year's theme for CIFTS as the chairperson of the African Chamber of Commerce in China, do you see urgency and preparedness by African countries to run with it? Thank you for the question, Bridget. Well, the way I understand it is we are striving towards innovations in a more industrialized society. And then the other part of the theme, promoting green and low carbon development, it's a relevant thing to do, but the urgency 
honesty is what I think is not as urgent as people would want us to believe because there is a conflict involved in this idea of industrializing the society and at the same time paying attention to climate change, environmental protection as laid down by the UN in the Sustainable Development Goals. Right. And when you look at the Sustainable Development Goals 9, 11, and 13, mm-hmm. uh, you will see that for Africa to achieve the necessary development and industrialization that we need, mm-hmm. you will want to keep aside climate change as not priority for the moment. Okay. That's what I understand it. So to me, engineering, yes. Innovations, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. The carbon development is something that we will pay attention to it, but not as a priority from the personal point of view. Right. And Mr. Rambiza, Tanzania will be showcasing at the CIFTS. You are the chief representative of the Tanzania Chamber of Commerce, Industry and Agriculture in China. How does Tanzania's relationship in trade and services blend in with events like CIFTS, CIEE, etc.? Yes, I believe Tanzania blends in the events like these by showcasing her unique products and thus harnessing her potential for visibility of the products we export to China. Mm. Such events are important in securing business deals, partnership, Mm -hmm. also creating awareness in such a big market. I thank very much the organizers. In most cases, they do a great job of promoting the events nationally and now is even promoted internationally. Mm. Tanzania is a very good tourist destination and our president, Her Excellency Mama Samia, in her royal tour did show the world the beauty of Tanzania. And I'm glad our embassy in Beijing has shared the videos to CIFTIS, CIAE and other organizations of influence Mm -hmm. that will make them available to the right audience to attract them for tourism in Tanzania. Mm. Yes. Okay. But I'd like to know from you, despite the pandemic, why do you think this is appealing to African countries, John? Chinese are saying that to do business, you have to be friends first. Right. So now the good ties that exist between African countries and China makes service trading very appealing. And now it is coupled with improved quality, affordability, and reliability of Chinese services and products. And the ease they have of transport and supply chain mechanism, which is geared well by the maintained transport system in China. Mm-hmm. Added together, they do appear very much to our African countries. Mr. Tamungia, some analysts and critics argue that at first glance, the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation 2021 suggests that China is retreating from Africa. Some say at a close analysis that rather than retreating or an adaption to recent and challenging circumstances, updates in Sino-African relations are in line with Beijing's long-term strategy and evolving African interests. What's your take? Has there been any changes in China's approach to Africa with regards to trade? Well, I think when FOCA was set up, the whole idea was African countries and China are supposed to discuss Mm -hmm. how to work as partners for development with a spirit of friendship, as John rightly mentioned, because friendship comes first before serious business is done. Now, when you look at 
OCAC in 2021 in Dakar, Senegal. A lot of people say what you mentioned in the question that probably our Chinese partners are retreating from the continent. Mm. I think it's a it's a very superficial way of judging the forecast that took place in Senegal. And most people even say that just based on the fact that, uh, okay, probably the, the summit did not bring together as many heads of states as it, as it was the case in Beijing. And so some people look at that to be a sign, but without taking into consideration the context in which we are living now, you know, with the COVID-19 pandemic and everything else. Right. I do not see it as a sign that China is reducing its interest in the continent. On the contrary, if you look closely, you will see that China is shifting from the kind of relationship that they had with the continent some decades ago, which was more like at a government level. Okay. Right now, I think China is shifting to a very important level of relationship with Africa, which is at the level of people to people. I mean, ordinary people. It, it used to be like we watch TV and we see a president from Africa shaking hands mm. with a official from China, and then that's it. We don't know what happens next. Mm. But right I think there's a very important step in this relationship, which we have actually been advocating for at the African Chamber of Commerce. We've been saying good friendship should not remain at the level of government and decision makers. It has to be felt at the grassroots, you mm. know man on the street mm. who is probably buying from a Chinese store or a Chinese tourist who is in some village interacting with people mm. should feel welcome and should feel comfortable. And in Africa, we are known for our hospitality. That has to be vice versa. Okay. You know, so when we reach that point of the relationship of the friendship where it's no longer just government officials, it's the, the African on the street and the Chinese person on the street having that likeness for each other, mm. then I would say the relationship has rather increased than decreased, as people are saying. Mr. also mentioned something earlier about China becoming Africa's largest trading partner. Yes, indeed, China has become Africa's largest trading partner, reaching $254 billion in 2021, while Africa still only accounts for less than 4% of all global trade with China. In your opinion, how are they trying to bridge the trade gaps, especially through events like CIEE, CIFTS? Yes, Bridget, there is a big trade gap between China and Africa that has to be bridged. Mm. Now, one way of bridging the gap is increasing participation in international trade fairs such as the CIFTIS, mm -hmm. the CIIE, and many, many others. Now, a good example for that is an increased participation of more African enterprises in the second China-Africa Economic and Trade Expo last year nice. as opposed to that one in 2019. Mm -hmm. And this was done despite the travel restrictions and amid the pandemic. But more African countries seized the opportunity to participate, to showcase their products and closed some deals with different Chinese enterprises. Mm -hmm. And in fact, as I'm talking, we get so many calls from so many Chinese companies seeking to get our products. Mm. But now to increase the production capacity in Africa is very important so as to meet the demand of the Chinese market. Okay. The China customs shows that Africa exported goods worth about $105 billion to China. 
Mm. which is an increase of about 43.7% from the previous uh, year. So this is a tremendous boost in the African economy as China is increasingly importing agricultural products mm. and manufacturing goods from, uh, from Africa. China, under the leadership of His Excellency President Xi Jinping, has tried very much to open up a market for African products, especially the agricultural products, by giving them preferential treatments, like waiving of import duties. Mm. However, this is not working very much to the expectations. You know, wherever it is uh, announced that we have uh, the new preferential treatments, more products allowed in, Chinese businesses always are very excited to hear that. Mm. Even we Africans are always very, very excited that we can bring in more products. Mm. But when it comes to reality, we Africans really fail to deliver. Mm. A very good example is soya beans. Okay. China has an annual demand of importing about 97 million tons and has opened the doors for the African non-GMO soybeans and then very high demand in the Chinese market. Mm -hmm. In fact, we sell them even more expensive than those ones coming from other countries, and yet they still need them. Right, right. But now the problem is, like us in Tanzania, mm -hmm. we have failed to export even 10,000 tons. Out of all that 90-something million tons, we are failing to export even 10,000 times, mm. despite the high potential we have. We have a very high potential. And now, here the problem we are facing is the lowest yield in the industry. Mm. We have the lowest yield in the industry. We have the lowest efficiency, as our nature is depending most on human muscles. Mm. And we have the lowest productivity due to the lack of appropriate technology, as you are very much into subsistence farming. Yes, yes. Uh, this said, the trade gap won't be bridged in a short term, as we shall have to import more technology from China mm. to yield and productivity, so as to export heavily to China not only the raw materials, the minerals, but also the quality finished products as well. Mm. There is a very big demand of our products in China. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. But despite the challenges, how are African businesses surviving? When you look at survival strategies for African companies on Chinese markets, how have they been surviving from where you stand? You're also an entrepreneur doing business in China. You've been doing business for, for several years now. How are they surviving? It's a very good question. Personally, in, in the early 2000s, I was very much doing building and construction materials, exporting to Tanzania, mm. to East Africa. But then came in the Chinese big companies okay. with big muscles <laughs> to compete with. Those we are able even to bring the products right in Africa mm. at a price which is even lower than we are sourcing them here in, uh, in China. That made it really tough in the 2000s okay. as uh, we have to compete with the manufacturers in our markets. But with time, we came to learn and many companies came to learn that the better way of doing it is to focus on products that are uniquely available from the continent, from Africa, from our continent. Okay. And to do it successfully, we have to work hand in hand 
with the Chinese companies, insisting very much on a win-win strategy because they are also striving for our market. Yeah, but well, during this COVID, also there have been a number of challenges, but well, thank God. In fact, many Tanzanian companies emerged here in Guangzhou. Okay. They saw a very big, a good gap to fill. Mm. Uh, our people there wouldn't make it here to China to source because our e-commerce is not that much improved. So it was so difficult for them even to trust the source without being there. That brewed a lot of new companies. They made a lot of new companies, small ones, and they're doing quite well. And even some Chinese have seen the importance of these small African companies. Mm. They are them to grow them uh, Really big. These yeah. companies are basically like agents? Yes, they are like agents, yes. Okay, all right. They link buyers in Africa mm. and the suppliers here in China. Okay, all right. Logistic companies, yes. Okay. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Through the fair, how do you view the role of CIFTS in connecting trade between China and Africa? You know, CIFTIS, CIE, we also have CCPIT. Mm-hmm. What I see, what I feel in most cases here, we are being invited in many occasions. They are trying their best to promote competition and creating awareness in China and boosting the volume of the trade between China and Africa, Mm -hmm. trying to see what opportunities are there in our country. And in fact, now and then you see our ambassador trying also to promote national wide and the same organizations quoting him, really promoting to even the end users. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. So, well, they are truly revitalizing the synergy of trade among African countries. And I see it as a gateway to technology transfer and business linkages between the two sides. Yes. Okay. Listen, Kutato, analysts say comparison with 2018 to 2021, Beijing's financial commitments to Africa have decreased from around 60 billion to 40 billion. The number of projects announced has also diminished and the scope of cooperation has narrowed in fields like climate and environment, health, people-to-people exchanges and infrastructure development. What's your take? Where are we headed? Is this part of the trade evolution that we discussed earlier between Africa and China? Um, Well, I had the same discussion with someone in the office and and I I have a point of view that it's, it's a little different from what people think. I do not agree with this that China is diminishing its investment in Africa, financial commitment, and so on. Because there are certain things you cannot put in monetary value. For example, when we talk about partnership, there's other aspects like the cultural exchanges. Mm -hmm. Yes, the cultural commitment too in the continent. These are not things that you can easily 
put the monetary value to it. So when people talk about 60 million diminishing to, to 40 million, mm-hmm. and, and I'm like... 40 billion, like, six, uh, 40 billion, 60 billion yeah. to 40 billion. Yeah, mm. yeah reducing to uh, 40 billion. I, I think it's very limiting. Mm. It's a little bit limiting because there are other things. For example, at the same time we're looking at reducing the amount of financial commitment, the president here actually donated a large amount of vaccines. I don't remember the exact figure. Mm. I think it's about 10 billion vaccines mm. at a time when African countries were really, really in dire need of vaccines and those vaccines were not forthcoming. Mm. What if we were to put a monetary value on those vaccines, you will see that mm. you know we'll not we'll not be talking about forty billion, billion anymore. Six, yeah, so not always about the money that you just take out and hand over to to a friend. I think it is very important that we Africans understand that when you have a, a partner, a friend who is helping you to stand up and war, mm. at a certain point you need to really make an effort to stand up and walk, you know. That's because true. sometimes when these critics say, oh, the, the West is reducing their financial commitments, oh, China is reducing the financial commitment, and I'm like, do we expect all these good friends and partners to be forever supporting us and just uh, making us depend on what they do for us. Mm. We should at some point be able to start learning to walk, you know, on our own feet. So see this, if at all China were to say, okay, I'm no longer going to give as much money as I did several years ago, people will look at it as it's a retreat. But to me, I would be like, this is the chance to say, Africa, wake up, stand up and walk. We do not want to be forever recipients of donations, donations. Mm. loans and so on. Look at trade. They have opened the doors. They've said, bring us your products. We have the buyers. And it is us that are falling short of supplying the quantities that they need. Mm. So we should be working more at home to see how we can do to step up production, how can we, we can do processing on the continent, mm. how we can we can stop just selling raw materials, we can actually sell finished products and so on. John, from where you stand, what are your thoughts on China's future trade relationship with Africa? African trade with China looks brighter as majorities of companies and industries in China are investing in African countries. African countries are tapping the potential of their Chinese market by orchestrating and establishing business relations. This can be uh, proven by the exponential increase in bilateral trade between the two sides each year. However, more achievement will be attained if the business people on both sides change their traditional way of doing business. All right. That was always focusing on Chinese selling to Africa mm-hmm. and Africans coming to buy from China daily necessities. I mean, we have to learn. Get the fish and fish by ourselves, not to be given fish from China. Mm-hmm. In that way, yes, the trade gap will be bridged mm-hmm. and our future trade relationship will be taken to another level. And just to wind off, I'd like to know from you, Mr. Nkwetato, from where you stand as AFCAM chair, what are your thoughts on China's future trade relationship 
with Africa? Okay, I think at the continental level, right. there's something that we still have to work on, and that's regional integration. Okay. If we are not just focusing on our small countries mm. of 5 million small countries of 3 million people, small countries of 1.5 million mm. people, if we do regional integration, we can actually balance trade with China. Right. So what happens if the East African community comes together, mm -hmm. SADAC comes mm -hmm. together, mm -hmm. the MAC comes mm -hmm. together, Mm. And uh, ECOWAS, they come together. If all these regional blocks start working together in such a way that if you want to do a business deal, if you want to sign a deal with uh, Rwanda, you are actually signing the deal with the entire East African community. Yeah. I think this way uh, we will have weight, we will have bargaining power, and then you can have. Uh, better trade relations with a giant uh -huh. in like China. So this is how I look at the future of okay. uh, uh, the relationship. There are basic things that are still very, very lacking. I should be able to leave Cameroon and go down to Gabon and go down to you know Equatorial Guinea and do business normally without a lot of barriers and so on. And somebody in East Africa should be able to drive across borders and do things. If we can achieve this, mm -hmm. we will be able to, to do business with big Chinese companies. All right. So, okay, that actually brings us to the end. I'd like to thank you, Mr. Riumbiza and Mr. Nkwetato. Thank you very much, Bridget. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.